What's going on, everybody? I hope you're having a great day wherever you're listening to us. This is the Fix Your Plate podcast uh, on the Eat, Drink, and Dine Network. I am KJ Kearney of Black Food Fridays. I am here with my co-host and better half, Anella Malik of Feed the Malik. And we are here to talk about the family reunion. So let me set this up a little bit for those of you who may not know because I got a lot of text messages this weekend about the family reunion as if I of all people would not know this thing was coming. The family reunion was a big old party for lack of a better term for black people in the food space to come together at Sheila Johnson's Salamander resort uh, in Virginia to talk about food, eat food, just have a good time. It was the first week of school. I work in public education at the time of this recording. I still do. And so I couldn't make it. But Anella was able to go. And so, Anella, I'm going to be asking her a lot of questions about her experience, what she saw, what she ate, and more importantly, her takeaways. So with that being said, first things first, Anella, how are you doing? I'm good, KJ. So I literally just got back a couple hours ago from the family reunion. I took a shower. I washed my hair. And I was like, I'm so tired, but... We have to do this recording because I want to talk about it while it's still fresh in my mind. Understood. So let's talk about first impressions. Okay. Before you even got there. So I let's, okay, let's talk about that. And also these text messages you got, because I have, I have some content about the family reunion that's doing numbers right now on TikTok and on Instagram. And the number one question people are asking me is how come I didn't know about this? And I'm like, Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. This, when it was announced, hit major food media press. It wasn't a blog. Like, it went wide, wide in the food press. And I know we talked about it on the podcast. I shared it on Instagram, and I shared it with um, email subscribers. And so, but now I have hundreds of comments from people who are like, well, how come I didn't know about it? And I just want to say to those people, you didn't know about it because you're not following the right people and you're not reading the right news sources. Um And that's why it's so important, I think, to pay attention to, for example, if you're interested in Black food, to Black food creators, right? Because we have this network. We've been sharing about it for a long time. And I know a lot of folks like don't read Food and Wine magazine, for example. Um, Maybe they don't read the Washington Post. But if you're interested in stuff like this, you definitely should be following people in the space. Pay attention to where they're going and what they're doing, because this was open to the public. This wasn't invite only. Like, I, you know, I got tickets on the website just like everybody else. So uh, I'll start there. And then my first impressions even before I went. So the price point for this event was high. It was hosted at the Salamander Resort. It's a Black-owned luxury resort. I've stayed there before. It's gorgeous. The grounds are incredible. It's really beautiful. Um, And so I was a little apprehensive because I was like, oh, this is going to be really pretentious. You know, and and, um, I looked at that price point. I think it was about $4,500, so almost $5,000 to do the whole weekend and to stay on property. You could make it more affordable by buying a single event pass or a single day pass or doing the multi-day pass but staying at a different hotel, which I know quite a few people did. Um, But that was my biggest concern was that this is going to be like uh, stiff, you know, that we were like going to be sitting in chairs all day being talked at. And like you can learn a lot that way, but it's not very engaging. 
Um, and so that was my my biggest concern going into it, though. I was also like, this is going to be a bunch of black people. So I'm probably going to be surprised. Yeah, I think I want to I want to just piggyback, if you don't mind, on your first comments of the podcast about, uh, you know, my text messages came from friends who know that I do food stuff, but they themselves are not in the food realm. So being that this was the first ever event, um, I could understand why they would advertise and work with the food and wines of the world, because that is the network, so to speak, that would be best at reaching the masses going forward. I would like to see them, um, you know, spend a little bit more time advertising in places where black people are going to actually be. Right. I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm sure the food and wine readership is not predominantly black. Um, and so going forward, you know, I'd like to see them partner with an essence. Right. Like partnering with uh, BET or, or it was in essence. I'm oh, pretty sure. Well, I'm pretty you're pretty sure. sure. I don't know essence. that. No, I, yeah, I, I I'm that. pretty sure it was in essence. And so part of this is that I think this is kind of off topic, but related. I have seen this quite a bit in the internet space recently where people are getting their news from Instagram and from TikTok and then are surprised when they're missing something. And while Instagram and TikTok are great for educating and great for sharing information, the way the algorithms work is even if you follow someone, it's not going to show you every single one of their posts. And so you are, depending on a medium where anyone can pretend to be anyone and where because of the nature of how these platforms are built, you're not going to see all of the information that someone shares. Um, And so it was shared widely. But I think what we're seeing is a disconnect between probably younger people, a certain generation that are very used to finding things through Instagram and TikTok, and then are sometimes surprised when they feel like they're missing out. And I'm like, maybe your news shouldn't come from just from Instagram and TikTok. Like follow those creators, but get on their email list because email is a reliable way that you can get information from someone. It will come to your inbox, right? Um, Subscribe to to email updates on like NGOs even or organizations that are doing work that you care about so that when they're hosting an event, you'll get the notification. Like you have, I think you have, we have to think about the way that we consume information and just like following a creator is great, but you have to kind of think about, am I really going to get what I want from them just from a follow? I mean, to be fair, this is the first event, right? This was the very first family reunion. So I think that it makes sense to go for the quote unquote easy market, the easy market being the food and wine and so forth and so on. Um, now that people know that this thing exists, I don't think they're going to have a problem with, <laughs> with, uh, letting people know that it's coming and, you know, getting people. Oh, no, no, no. But for example, I'm still getting hundreds of comments on my yeah. TikToks, and my Instagram, where people are like, well, how can I find out how to get tickets? And I'm like, you know how you find out how to get tickets to an event? You Google the name of the event. Yeah. Simple. But, so, but again, it's that expectation that they're going to get all of the information they need without having to do any labor themselves. And it's going right. to come through social media. And I'm like, if you just Googled, you know, Chef Kwame family reunion, because, you know, Chef Kwame is the, it's like the host kind of sponsor, yeah. the driving force behind it, food and wine family reunion. You know, if you just Googled any of these things, it would come up. Um, 
but depending on like leaving a comment and expecting someone to guide you through it, I think is like, it's just something that in the internet space is really common. But I think sometimes people don't then realize how they can take that offline and, and use it to, you know, to go after what they want. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, let's be clear. I agree with you in terms of if the first time they found out about the family reunion was through your TikTok and they asked you a question expecting you to answer it and you like, yo, there's 300 of you asking this question. I can't go through every single comment. I understand what you're coming from. I guess what I'm saying is it's the before then, right? The fact that your TikTok was the first time that most of these people heard about this i think is a totally different subject right now that they know again they can google right like that's not your job to give them the ins and outs but will they google who knows <laughs> tune in for next episode to see if these people gonna be googling and speaking of which let's move on right so you you knew about it and you decided to go your first impression was that and mine as well that it could have been pretentious but i'm hearing you said could have been so it wasn't, or at least in your mind, it didn't come off that way. No, and I think this is really just, you know, I was like, oh, it could be kind of stiff. But then, like I said, I was like, but it's also going to be a bunch of Black people. And it was. It was a space that really felt like it was for us, by us. You get to the resort, you know, every almost everyone there is is Black. The music is going. The playlist is like all the jams we know from, you know, even from our childhood, it's like the throwbacks and everything. Um, people were really warm, really welcoming, and it was the first year. So I feel like, and a lot of the folks that were at the, this event said this, we were all saying it to each other. Like we felt like this was a very special experience because it was really intimate. And, you know, this is an event that I'm sure is going to continue and grow. So it's not going to feel this intimate. Like you're, I'm not going to be, I don't think next year, cause I plan on going next year. I'm not going to be like sitting down to have a casual lunch with Dr. Jessica B. Harris. And then like, you know, turning around and um, there's Brian Furman on the barbecue. Like, I feel like there's going to be a little bit more distance as it grows. And also because this, this happened after 18 months of COVID, I do feel like that also added kind of a special element to it. So they did take precautions. We had to show a recent COVID test result to get our passes. And the good thing about the salamander is that the grounds are huge. And so all these spaces were set up outside. So to a large extent, like I felt pretty safe. Um, but a lot of us have not seen each other. You know, like I, there were people there that I know and I've been working with digitally for the last two years or year and a half, but I haven't even gone to have a coffee with them in real life. So it did feel like a reunion for, I think, for many people who have felt isolated and, you know, chefs like who are like, it's been a really hard year. We've just been trying to keep our projects alive and feed our communities. And, you know, people are, People are struggling and isolated. And so that kind of like coalesced the the intimate nature of this size of a group and the fact that like we'd have been in the house forever. And so people were really, I think, there to just connect. And the energy was incredible. Now, let me just go ahead and start asking some questions that I'm sure some of your supporters are going to want to hear. Right. Number one. Was there, I won't even say who, but was there a person or persons that you were hoping to run into at the family reunion? Um, there were quite a few. So I will say this, I'll be totally upfront. I um my my book publisher paid for my attendance. 
to make connections for the book, right? I'm writing a book about the deep and enduring contributions of Black Americans to American cuisine. So like this conference is the who's who of the people who are making those contributions now. And, and many of them I want to interview, but I don't know personally. So there were a lot of people there that I was hoping to make connections with. But KJ, you know how I how I feel. Like I respect people for the labor they've done, but I am still firmly in the camp that I don't have any idols. I don't have any heroes because once we put someone on that pedestal, then we put them in a position where they can't fail, they can't be human, but also we don't critically look at their actions. And as we've seen, even in the Black community, there have been many lauded chefs who have done fucked up shit, frankly. Um, so I was excited to meet them. These are people that I respect, but I still try not to put them on a pedestal. And that's not because I don't respect them, but that's because I think that's pretty dangerous. Fair. So of all the people that you respect that were there, uh, did you enjoy in particular any of the conversations or dialogue between some of those people who you respect but do not put on a pedestal? <laughs> so I did get to have lunch with um, Dr. Harris. And so I was also personally trying to tread lightly because I recognized just sitting close to her how many people want a piece of her in an event like this yeah. or how many people want a piece of, you know, Chef Kwame, for example, like the the bigger name stars at an event like this, I felt like just watching and I'm kind of, I'm not shy. I just tend to like to observe at first before I hop in and watching like people, you know, person after person after person after person come up, ask for a photo, say hi, try to, you know, fill their time and attention. And, and I, I realized like that must be really draining. So I tried to approach it as like, try to have a normal conversation, you know, try not to fangirl and try not to demand that they uh, regale me with stories or with, you know, because that's like, that's energy. So I did ask people for photos and I tried to be very quick and just be like, could I take a quick picture with you? I really admire your work. Thank you so much. Have a great day and then move along. And that was just like, kind of watching watching a lot of these people field all these requests. And I was like, this has to be exhausting. Yeah, I can, I can only imagine. Now, I know there was some educational components there as well, right? Uh, were there any panels or discussions in particular that you really enjoyed? So I like the structure of this event a lot. There were panels in the morning and then usually in the evening there was like a you know, either a cookout or a party and then the music started and then people really got going. So it was like a mix of social and educational, which I thought was great. And I, there, I enjoyed all of the panels. I, it's hard to pick one, but I thought that the topics were really um, strong and the moderators were strong. And then there were, they were open for questions at the end. So you know, people talking about everything from what it's like to incorporate activism in your work as a chef or in your work with food to there was a, a panel like, you know, hearing from the matriarchs. So hearing from these uh, leading women figures who are chefs and restaurateurs and business owners, including Virginia Ali. And this I that that was something that I actually thought was really special in that. This was the first one. So they presented a Lifetime Achievement Award to Virginia Ali. And some well deserved. Well deserved. And something Chef Kwame said, you know, in his remarks for the uh, the award was that like we had I knew that we had to build a flower bed to start giving people their flowers. And I think that that is 
so indicative of this event really being for us by us like you know don't wait for other people to recognize the work that the people here have done let's just recognize them um and so i thought that was that was really thoughtful i like that i like that uh one more question before we take a brief intermission ma'am let's talk about the food bro like i don't want to go into too much detail because i'm going to ask you more food food questions yeah i'm going to ask you more questions after the break but i do want to say or i want to ask you rather if you had to pick one dish from three days of eating spectacular food from spectacular people what would be your one dish and why so this is really hard and the food was also it was really really good like there were bites every day where you were just like dang but the way they did it was kind of cool where the various lunches and dinners would have a team of chefs that like we're kind of collaborating on that menu. So we got to sample food from Rodney Scott, Brian Furman, um, you know, Chef Kwame contributed to the menu. I forget who um, was cooking the final night, but there was this fried chicken that just, I don't know what to tell you. It was the final evening. I was like, I'm not even that hungry. I'm just going to get one little piece. And then I went back through that line for one piece of chicken five times. That's what's it, up. It was everything, you know, and it was just like, it was, it was nice too to, to get the chance to sample uh, all of these incredible chefs food because many of them don't live close to me. Right. So like there were pe- folks from Houston, there were folks from all over. And that meant that we got the chance to just get a little taste of their cooking without having to fly. <laughs> yeah. That, that makes perfect sense. And when we come back from the break, I'm going to ask Anella about the future of the family reunion, what she would like to see going forward, what she thinks they will do. People make hot takes on sports all the time about teams and players and where they're going and what's going to happen so we're going to do the same thing with the family reunion when we come back want to learn more about food want to keep up with important happenings in food like the family reunion join me on patreon join my community for the best food newsletter and food community you could be a part of you can join for as little as five dollars a month and once a week you will get direct to your inbox from me Everything from upcoming events like the family reunion that you should know about, free events for members, cooking classes, meetups in D.C. at some of the best restaurants in the city, but also food reads that you shouldn't miss, you know, podcast episodes from folks in the space that you shouldn't miss. And we discuss important issues, everything from sustainability to, you know, how to learn how to reduce food waste at home. So come join us at patreon.com slash feed the Malik. What's going on? This is KJ Kearney from Black Food Fridays with one resounding message, and that is be intentional with your money. Every single Friday, I ask you to support a Black-owned restaurant or restaurateur. Listen, it could be an ice cream car. It could be a hot dog vendor. It could be a consumer packaged goods. So long as it's a Black person, I want you to be intentional and spend money with them every Friday. And if you want to see other people from around the world doing the same thing, follow me at Black Food Fridays on Instagram. And guess what, y'all? Black Food Facts is coming back, dog. 
coming back. The TikTok sensation that took over the world for like two weeks is coming back. Black Food Facts will be back on both TikTok and Instagram. You can follow me both at Black Food Fridays. Again, that's KJ Kearney with Black Food Fridays at Black Food Fridays on Instagram and Twitter. And now let's get back to the show. And we are back. This is KJ Kearney of Black Food Fridays with my co-host Anella Malik. She just spent three glorious days in the middle of nowhere, Virginia, at the Salamander Resort owned by the magnificent Sheila Johnson. She attended the family reunion, and that's what we've been talking about on this episode. And so going forward, I want to talk to Anella about her thoughts, really just her thoughts. This is not say that she has a say on how they're actually going to do things. But we all have opinions, and I value hers as well as many of our listeners. So, Anella, after experiencing this, uh, let's just start off with what are your overall thoughts about the event? So I thought the event was really well put together. Um, There were a lot of opportunities for people to make connections. And so I saw that play out over and over again at lunch tables, at dinner. And that, I mean, I think that's really what people came for, right? It's like... Yes, the panels were amazing. Yes, I wanted to hear these people speak and hear kind of their thought processes, but also, you know, people came for community. And I feel like the Black food community really, that was present, had the opportunity to lean into that. And so that was the best part of it. Um, The staff at the Salamander is incredible. I've, you know, I've stayed there before and I'm always so impressed with um, just how service oriented they are. Um, and yeah, 10 out of 10, <laughs> 10 out of 10 would recommend. Okay. So you enjoyed the event. I'm happy to hear that. So let's talk about future projections, ma'am. What is something that wasn't at the family reunion that you would like to see in future iterations? Okay. So I have a few ideas and, uh, if they still them, that's fine because I want this event to be as dope as possible. So I think there should be a photo booth. I think the photo booth is like the OG, you know, mall stop that brings us all back to our childhood yeah, that yeah. it makes people let loose a photo booth with maybe props from black owned companies from like a black maker on Etsy, even like drop a huge Etsy order on somebody and get some like really cool black centric props for a photo booth. And I also think that would be a good way to thinking from a media angle to generate press because people are going to take those photos. They're going to post them and they're just going to be so fun and silly. And like that creates FOMO that creates this fear of missing out that drives people to want to follow along, to want to join next year, et cetera, et cetera. And I also would love to see an ice cream cart. So I've stayed at the Salamander before, and when I stayed there with my husband, it was summer, and in the afternoons in the lobby, they had an ice cream cart. And it was so nice on a super hot, humid, humid day to come in and get a cold ice cream. And especially because a lot of uh, Black folks are lactose intolerant, it would be fun if there was an ice cream cart that had a variety of options that were dairy-free. And I even know of a few local companies in, there's one in Maryland that is black owned that does dairy free ice cream. So like they could do that as well and bring in a local vendor for that. I think that would be fun. And like even an ice cream social, you know, something that like helps us cool off because it was hot. Yeah, no, I understand that completely. I love that idea. Really the ice cream social at my college experience. I went to an HBCU. I'm sorry. 
how can I not give and uh, take the opportunity to shout out South Carolina State University, home of the Mighty Bulldogs and Marching 101. And we would do ice cream socials like they would just 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 give ice cream away and have a DJ playing music. It was really dope. So the ideal of doing that at the family reunion appeals to me. Um, let me pivot a little bit because you filmed Dave Chappelle on stage, bro. Like, what was that about? Okay, so uh, seems like Chef Kwame wanted to wow the crowd, you know, and it's the first one. I know they that like if I was planning a big event and it was the first one and I wanted to make this like make its mark and make it an annual thing. And I got some famous friends. <laughs> I'd be like, yo, you got to come get on stage for a little while. Um, so I, I would predict that some sort of surprise wow element will continue in the future because like, you know, people are paying a lot of money and it also just makes people feel like this is an experience they could not miss out on. So it was uh, Friday night and Friday night there was an African night market. So the various little food stands and a dance floor, we were breaking it down. It was amazing. And then Chappelle comes out and I happened to be right in front. So I have this like self- Yeah, very clear footage. I was literally four freaking foot away and I was like, Okay, I'm short because also I'm short. So usually when stuff happens like at concerts, I have a hard time seeing. And I text my husband, I was like, it's the first time in my life I actually like wasn't trying to like peek around somebody or like under someone's elbow. Um, so that was fun. And the second night, uh, Estelle performed. And so, <clears throat> you know, there was like, those were the two kind of wow elements. And I would say that those will definitely continue in the future. Is there someone in particular um that you would like to see going forward so i mean i've seen dave Chappelle live and in person i've definitely seen him live in fact he came to charleston uh to do some political stuff and had a a concert it was pretty dope i guess you call them concert right like a comedy concert um and i was going to ask if there was a musical concert so estelle being there is dope. So let's just put on your magical hat. Let's pretend you are putting this event on. Who would you want to see going forward? Who, who, what celebrity, whether it be a comedian or musical guest or whatever, I'm not going to limit you, but if you had to pick someone or someone's, who would you go with? Hmm. Honestly, probably never happened because like, you know, there was definitely uh an element of it was fun people really let their hair down but this might be too ratchet but i'm like meg the stallion oh my god bro i would lose my fucking mind (laughs) (laughs) yo i love that that's a great no that's a good one i hope listen we got to make sure kwame gets this episode i hope he (laughs) listens to that that listen bro meg the stallion bro i was like especially especially because i felt like people were just there to have a good time right every that the energy was like people were like i've been cooped up i'm here to just eat this bomb food and like listen to these you know these dope chefs and like talk to people and learn things and like if they played some meg the stallion it would have been over and if she came out like they would have we would have tore that place up bro all she has to do is one song that's it you don't have to pay for a full concert if you're listening who's ever in charge of the purse, you don't have to get Megan to do a full concert, bro. Just like 
have her come out, do one song, wave to the people, and she can be about her business, right? Like that, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I mean, also, Jadena was there just like having, hanging out. Um, so it was very star studded. And I, I, you know, I feel like that, like from the marketing angle, is really smart. But again, I was happy that it didn't, the crowd was very chill, very loose, like was not very pretentious. And I would, I would, there's something else that I would love to see. Um, I don't know if they're going to do it, you know, and I'm not organizing this event, but I would love to see some dedicated social media coverage. Um, I did see there was like a little takeover on the, I think the food and wine Instagram page, but there's no dedicated Instagram for the family reunion, which has actually been hard for me because as my content has been from this has been super popular, everyone's been asking me where to go and you can't, I can't comment a link that people can click on social media. And so usually what you would do is direct them to the social media account. And um, I would love to see in future years them invite Black food bloggers who I will say in the last year have been instrumental in supporting all of these businesses that the business owners are on stage, right? You know, we're the ones who created all these resources and guides and directories and lists. And I will say we're showing up to support Black-owned businesses before it became trendy in June 2020. And so I would love to see an element that maybe like a food blogger panel, like an or even a new media panel. So get podcasters, get like, you know, there's a couple uh, black food creators on TikTok who are huge, like millions of millions of followers. Right. So get some of those folks from a variety of, of new media mediums, get them to do a panel and then get them to do a takeover. Just give them iPhones and tell them no cursing and no twerking, go out and make content. And literally they would have bajillions of social media. That's 100% true. I'm, I'm going to 20 year olds, iPhones. Yeah. I'm, I agree with you on the no cursing kind of, you know, the checks got to protect the checks. I'm not going to agree with you on the no twerking though. Let them people live their life, dog. You, you can still get a Pepsi sponsorship with a little bit of twerking. Like I, that's all I'm saying. I mean, you can, you can, right. But like, I understand why an organization like food and wine who helped, who, who sponsored this, who put this together might not want that. Right. And yeah. so like, I would say, give them safe and sane guidelines yeah, and then let yeah. them go out. And I think that that could be a really fun uh, element too, because it's, uh, it's unscripted. So you could yeah. have people just like creators who are like, I'm going to go live in this corner. I'm going to get these four chefs. I'm going to ask each one two questions and then it's done. Doesn't take yeah. too much time from anyone. And it's yeah. really, it feels really close and personal. Um, and I'm talking about like, they would have bajillions of social media impressions. So yeah, food and wine, yeah. if you're listening and you want someone to run the social media programming next year, call me. Hey, and even though I wasn't there, uh, one of the things that I would like to see going forward is I would like to see the family reunion become its own version of food and wine. Right. Like instead of depending on the food and wines of the world, why not create your own media? I don't know if empire is the right word, but publication, create your own publication that we can subscribe to. And we could, you know, that way they could be getting advertisement money all year round. They'll have a platform for people like you and me who want to write to become published and, you know, really contribute towards a publication that is um, extolling the virtues of what we believe in. I think while I think it is a natural progression, I don't 
I don't take lightly how much work it is to create your own magazine, whether it's a print magazine or an online magazine. But I think if anything, this weekend proved that there are resources like there are people who are connected, who got the money, who if they wanted to make a family reunion publication, right, that could that could hang with the food and wine, that could hang with the Southern living, that can hang with those type of publications. I think this weekend proved that at least the ideal is not without merit. So whoever's listening, Kwame, I don't know if you're listening or Sheila Johnson, if you're listening, I think a natural progression outside of the social media aspect that Anella brought up um, a real monthly, weekly, I don't know how these things are done, a real publication. That way we can stay in contact with each other year round. And then like Essence Fest, this is just the culmination of a year long effort of publicizing uh, black food voices. Yeah. I mean, and even, um, right. So a lot of people have been, God, I have too many comments on these videos. And like you said, I can't, I can't reply to all of them individually. So then it just kind of becomes like an information bottleneck, which is unintentional, but I'm one person. I don't have a staff. So right now, if you go to the family reunion salamander website, you have like the agenda and the photos and, and there is like a small place at the bottom to sign up, to subscribe for email updates. But if what you're talking about came to be like all they you would have to do is put like a big, beautiful, dedicated sign up for our, our our email newsletter box in the middle of the page. And, you know, as like people get FOMO and they see it on social media and they want to be a part of it, they sign up and then, um, you know, it turns into like a monthly dedicated black food publication that subscribers get. And of course, once you have a good subscriber list, yes, you can sell ads and you can do paid placements, but it, it would also be a place to offer, uh, black writers an opportunity to, you know, showcase their work and then, generate excitement for the event year-round. 100%. So you guys heard it here first. Anella Malik of Feed the Malik went down to the family reunion. She said 10 out of 10 she would recommend, and we would recommend together that next year, let's all go, man. Let's all go to the family reunion. Anella, before we wrap this up, you know, sometimes we do shout-outs. You just spent a lot of time with a lot of cool people, eating a lot of cool food, doing a lot of cool things. Do you want to give a shout out to anyone in particular? I'll give a shout out to a couple people. So Abba from TAAPR. Um, and then there were a variety of folks from Dine Diaspora. And so both of those organizations, like one is a PR arm and the other one, um, I actually don't know how to describe Dine Diaspora, though I know what they do. And so you should Google them, folks. But they are such kind people, such fun to hang out with, and also just like a vibe, you know. And so those are relationships that I had developed throughout the pandemic. And it was really nice to get a chance to connect with them in person, to dance and, you know, get way too sweaty in that hot summer weather and like... <laughs> <laughs> walk around with like fried chicken grease like on my shirt and um i really appreciated the chance to to get to know them a little bit more man that's great you know what i want to give a shout out to all my friends who texted me yesterday about the family reunion as if a guy who spends 90 percent of his time online covering food specifically black food would not know about this but I don't take it lightly that you saw this and you immediately thought of me. 
That means you guys are paying attention to what I'm doing, what I'm trying to accomplish, and I don't take that lightly. So I want to give a shout out to all my friends who sent me the link. I didn't think you were bothering me at all. I really appreciate that you saw some content that you thought would resonate with me and you took time out of your day to send it my way. I also want to shout out Abba. Abba hit me up on Twitter. was like, oh, my God, I was hoping I would get to meet you. I got to see Anella. You know, you got to come next year. We got to link up. So, yeah, shout out to Abba. She's a wonderful person. She's doing great work. And uh, that has been another episode of the Fix Your Plate podcast on the Eat, Drink, and Dine Network. Please, if you're listening right now, send an episode to a friend. Stop being a hater. Don't hoard all this good information to yourself. Share it on social media. Share it via text message. However you share good stuff that you find with your friends, this qualifies as good stuff. Send this to your friends and family. Also, if you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, you should be writing reviews on every single episode. Tell everybody how dope we are because that helps other foodies find us as well. And until next time, peace.